Welcome to the Ship Out Loud podcast, where we amplify the voices of Hispanic leaders in STEM. My name is Alex Way, and I'm your podcast producer, here to bring you another episode of Familia Voices, the mini-series on the pod where we share testimonies from your very own Ship Familia. This week's testimony features Monica Morales, a civil engineer and the winner of the Ship Star Award for Community Service. Monica shares her journey from being the only Latina woman in her civil engineering class to becoming a water resources engineer at Jacobs. She talks about how her passion for art and engineering have intersected and how she encourages young women to pursue engineering careers. We'll also hear about Monica's STEM love story with her husband and how they both pursued their dreams to become engineers. So let's go ahead and hear Monica Morales speak out loud. Hi, my name is Monica Morales. I was born and raised in Reno, Nevada, went to Oregon State for school, lived there seven years, lived in Cincinnati, Ohio for a year, then moved to Los Angeles where I lived there for five years. And now we're back in our hometown of Reno, Nevada and lived there for a little over a year again. So been a whirlwind of moves and transitions. I work at Jacobs. It's an engineering consulting firm with 55 to 60,000 people globally. It provides many different technical solutions. And within Jacobs, I'm on the water side and a water resources engineer. My STEM journey started with just loving math and science as a little girl and wanting to take the hardest classes possible and wanting to learn everything. My my parents weren't able to get the education they deserved. Uh, my father got about a middle school level education in Mexico, and my mother was in and out of foster care. So she actually dropped out of high school and then went back and got her high school degree. So as myself growing up, it was very determined of, I'm going to take advantage of the free education we get in the United States, knowing that it's not free to a certain level in Mexico. And then also just take advantage of being able to grow myself through school and just loving to learn. I know a lot of people say that, you know, school wasn't for them and it it just didn't fit. But for me, it was, okay, I'm just going to learn everything possible and just grow my knowledge. So loved math and science. However, I had no idea what to do with it. And it was because of an engineer who sat down at my mother's blackjack table where he gambled and played blackjack and she asked him lots of questions, one of which was, what did he do for a living? And so she was super excited. She came home and she said, Monica, instead of becoming an art major, maybe you should look into engineering and Google engineering. So I did. And it was a perfect blend of the application of math and science while helping people. And it just seemed really perfect. And the one that seemed The least intimidating and one that I gravitated to the most was civil engineering because I saw roads, buildings, bridges every day and felt like that's something I could do and something that I see value in. And then through all the courses and the internships, that's when I found water and sustainable engineering and just got super excited. So that's what led me into becoming a water engineer or water resources engineer at Jacobs. I have a lot of friends who kind of build themselves from the ground up who did not do well in school and very creative types. I'm also left and right brain, so I completely understand, you know, their perspective and personalities and why they thrive and, you know, digital arts or everything that they do. And they're really great at it, but it's also a little chaotic. 
where school's kind of structured and in a system, and that's kind of what I like, even though I think of myself as kind of artistic, but I just can't be completely creative and out of control. I, I, I do thrive with structure. So before um, in high school, I would do a lot more surrealist items because I was so inspired by Frida Kahlo and her story of being Mexican and just like a very powerful woman. And so I gravitated towards that and did a lot of dreamlike scapes with myself in them. Now that I've been able to see how artistic engineering can be, I've kind of combined both worlds where I take something that I've seen in GIS, geographical information systems, where we map it out and then create it into 3D form where it actually triangulates a landscape. So I triangulate my own photographs by hand drawing sketches onto canvas and then filling it up with oil paints. And so it's this beautiful landscape that my husband and I have hiked during like honeymoons or other vacations. And then I triangulate it into an oil painting. And now I have several paintings of my own hung up in my own home, which I really wanted as a little girl was to be able to paint, you know, my my own artwork within the house that I owned as I got older. So been able to kind of incorporate that and make that dream come true. And especially when people comment on it too and say, oh, I really love that. Where'd you get that? And then you get to respond with, I painted that. And it was because of what I've learned through engineering and then also taking that creative sense to make something really geographically stimulating and visually beautiful. Instead of STEM, we do like to stay STEAM now, where we incorporate the arts. A big factor of that is architecture and design. And within civil engineering, for people to actually want to use your services, your products, your designs, it needs to be something that people love. A great example of that is the Eiffel Tower in Paris. It started out as a structural engineering competition where the structural engineer, Alexander Gustave Eiffel, he won the structural competition for the tallest monument or structure at the time. The, the tallest structure at the time was the Washington Monument in the United States. So the French really, really wanted to beat the Americans at having the tallest structure. This structure was only supposed to be erected for, I think, three months. But obviously, everybody loved it so much and felt like it was beautiful, even though it was an engineering design. And now, obviously, today, there's light shows that surround it. So by incorporating art and something people find visually stimulating, something they can relate to, find beautiful, then our solutions are even more impactful where we get the community engaged. And by engaging the community, there's even more value in those solutions that we provide. I first discovered SHIP at Oregon State University as a student. However, unfortunately, at Oregon State University, the SHIP events were always at the same time as the American Society of Civil Engineer events. And because I was in civil engineering, I felt like I should participate in the organization dedicated to civil engineering. And then it also helps that they had hands-on projects where there's Concrete Canoe, which I became heavily involved in, and then we got to go to the national convention. And then again, as a professional, Los Angeles had an incredibly strong ship chapter. So even though I was already on the trajectory of like leadership and presidency for the American Society of Civil Engineers Los Angeles Younger Member Forum, 
I made it a goal of when I become president, I want to host as many joint events as possible with SHIP. That way we can bring in even more of other Latinos in engineering and then do something that's for the greater good. Now, during my presidency, it was during the shutdowns of the pandemic. So everybody was from home. And so I was still determined to make those joint events happen. And we made sure to have fun with it. So one of them was a Dia de los Muertos virtual event where we played La Lotaria online in groups and dressed up and got to talk to each other. That was definitely one of my favorite joint events. And so we were able to work together and then serve both chapters. So sometimes I wonder, what if I did ship instead of American Society of Civil Engineers? And I think it just would have been an even more at-home situation because I do remember being in Oregon, Oregon State University, being one of the few people with naturally jet black hair and sticking out like a sore thumb. And to the point of where people asked me, where are you from? And I'd respond, Reno, Nevada. And they would respond with, no, where are you really from? And then being not really understanding the question and then realizing, are you asking if my dad's from Mexico? My dad's from Mexico. And they're like, that's it. You're Mexican. So if I would have been with SHIP, I think I just would have created that community a little bit easier of other people probably ask those same questions or um, being able to speak Spanglish with each other and just relate to each other more. I remember in my civil engineering classes, I think it was maybe like 150 students, there'd be three of us Latinos and I was the only Latina. There, there were 12 total women, but again, being Latina, I look at, okay, who else is Hispanic or Latino? And that's even fewer. And then who are all the women of color, which is also fewer. So I... I I always wonder, but I'm glad that I have been able to make connections despite, you know, being affiliated with one group, but making it work where I can still do things with many different groups. So at Jacobs, we have the Enlace Employee Network, which bolsters our Latino employees. And it was such a game changer to be on these calls with other professionals, uh, scientists and engineers, where Actively, they spoke Spanish. They called me Monica, like my family did growing up, and it was just an instant sense of home. So whenever I get to hear Spanglish or Spanish purely, it's just always the sense of uh, a memory of growing up with a Mexican immigrant family, um, immersed in Spanish, and just hearing your name pronounced how your loved ones pronounce it. It just makes a world of difference when you're usually the only person of color in a boardroom, despite, you know, maybe not being the only woman. Familia means to me a place that feels like home. That actually reminds me of a stitch quote where, you know, like um, family means um, no one gets left behind. I do believe that's true in a sense of you're with these people who support you, believe in you, and even if you do something wrong, you know, they're going to be there to tell you the hard truth and put you back on the right path. So I feel like with our work family or familia, you get that sense of honesty and trust and that 
similar feeling of a cultural relationship. Um, so I, I feel like that's what familia means to me. So at Oregon State University, I was a first-generation college student. My parents didn't have the ability to earn a college education. My father received up to a middle school level education in Mexico. And um, my mother almost dropped out of high school and then went back and received her high school degree in the United States. So while I was growing up, it was always a dream of mine since probably five years old, where every birthday wish every year was, I want to go to college. I don't know anybody else who uses uh, their birthday wish for that exact dream. Um, so it was an extremely proud day to be the first of my family to go to college and also kind of leave a easier path for my, my cousins. I'm, I'm the only child, but I have many cousins. My dad is one of 10 children. So uh, I have lots of primas who also have built their own way and attended college as the first generation from their parents. And I actually have one cousin who's going to be graduating from Oregon State University doing what she loves, which is wildlife veterinary science. And she's actually in either Australia or New Zealand right now living her awesome dreams of doing research for wildlife in this amazing internship. So it just makes me really happy that, you know, I sat down with her and helped her with her college applications and figured out how we could make this work for her and uh, complete her dream job, which happened to be in STEM as well. And um, she's going to be the first PhD and the first doctor in our family. So I, I know I got a master's degree and was really happy for that. But now it's like, now we're going to have a Dr. Morales. I think... It's hard enough to be the first person to do anything. So when you have to go through that, you just have this feeling of, I need to make this easier for anybody else in similar situations. So oftentimes when I see other Latinos, it's uh, a sense of, I think I know what they've been through because I've been through the same thing and I want to make it easier for them. So by giving back and paying it forward, it's doing exactly that where I didn't have this for me. I'm going to make sure I do this for you. And it's that sense of what would I have loved, you know, going through this process and making sure that because there are few of us in certain rooms that we can make sure that there's more of us more diversity, more people of color sharing their different cultural experiences. That way everybody has a sense of, you know, the different hardships. And then in terms of engineering and STEM, by understanding those different hardships, we can create solutions that just is better for everybody because the public is incredibly diverse, especially in the United States. And if we only design for one person, then we're not doing our job correctly. So today at the STEM luncheon, I received the Ship Star Community Service Award. And in my application, I got to list all of the K through 12 outreach events that I've been a part of and other community service events. And so I think I summed it up to reaching out to over 10,000 kids over the past five to six years in telling them my career path story as a first-generation college student, not knowing what engineering was until I was 17 and choosing my major for school, how my parents were from a 
very poor families growing up and uh, they supported me as much as they could, even though they couldn't help me with my homework since middle school. They earned minimum wage. And so just uh, being able to share my career path with other students in similar situations uh, from underserved schools, students that are first generation college bound, students of color and girls. And that way, each of them can relate to me on a different point and uh, know that if I was able to do it, especially during the economic crisis of 2008 and then deciding I'm going to go out of state for school, I'm going to make this happen. This is my dream. And being perfectly okay and actually succeeding despite, you know, the setbacks uh, that if I can do it, they can do it too. And so that's what drives me to continue to do this community service work because, again, I really wish I could have heard from an amazing engineer as a little girl because then I would have known from an earlier age exactly what I would have wanted to do, especially since I loved math and science so much. And so I, I just try to make these events as fun and, and engaging as possible because I also know from my creative side of I don't want to hear just like a very monotone presentation. I want it to be fun and interesting and engaging and something that is inspiring. So I try to do that for the students and have had really uh, a lot of fun with it, where some events we do a red carpet in order to go see an engineering-themed movie and hear from a panel of engineers. Um, we get dressed up, and then that makes the girls really excited. Or we do something kind of messy for the activity where we make slime or competitive with air car races where some middle school students literally shouted at the top of their lungs when they won uh, this, this engineering hands-on activity. So by creating that excitement around it just helps propel their interest and then helps with hopefully diversifying the future of our STEM workforce because I'm reaching out to students who may not have heard about engineering otherwise. So this award, this community service award, means a lot to me because, again, it's coming from SHIP itself. And I was, I was talking about this with somebody else. Is you're getting this award from your peers, but not only your peers, but the best of the best of your peers. And um, so if they think that highly of you, then it's, it's, it's a nice reminder of keep it up, keep it going. And hopefully with the speech that I gave today, it inspires more people to continue to, you know, pay it forward and, and share their stories, especially with students that may not have learned about, you know, STEM fields otherwise. I had a best friend in high school named Miles Bean. I used to be taller than him. We met when we were 14, just hit it off. He's so funny. And then we finally dated our senior year and he wasn't sure if he even wanted to go to college, but he knew that he loved working on cars. However, I think his mom helped push him into mechanical engineering, and so he um, majored in that. And then I found out many years later, he was like, because we got, we got back together after or just right before grad school, and then we were talking about our dream jobs, and I always knew it was C.H. Twim Hill. It was founded out of Oregon State and was all about uh, sustainability and water resources engineering that's what it was based off of and I, so I knew I was like that's my dream job that's where I want to work and luckily it worked out where I got to work there and then it was acquired by Jacob so I'm still working there 
And Miles, he said that his dream job was SpaceX. And it seemed really impossible at the time. But at the same time, I knew how smart and brilliant he was and how hardworking as well, especially after everything, how diligent he was in college. In high school, he wasn't. He did not live up to his full potential. And then he really put it into gear in college. And so it just made me fall in love with him more. And I found out later that it was because he wanted to impress me that he wanted to like reach for the stars and just go after the big dream. Well, he ended up getting that job at SpaceX and that was the reason we moved out to Los Angeles. If it wasn't for him, I would have never gone to Los Angeles. I would have never participated in the Los Angeles Younger Member Forum and became their president, received a certificate of recognition from the mayor of Los Angeles himself, Mayor Eric Garcetti, at a Engineers Week Girl Day event where I'm, I was in a pink dress and purple tights, high heels and my hard hat. And there's about 150 middle and high school girls in the audience. And we we're all talking about how we can make Los Angeles better, create infrastructure for the 2028 uh, Summer Olympics. His goals for 28 by 28 in, in terms of rail and transportation and then getting to 100% water reuse and 100% renewable energy. So he, he was able to talk on my career on helping achieve the 100% water reuse aspect and then hand me that certificate of recognition, which was incredible. Um, so Miles's goal of, my husband's goal of working at SpaceX created even bigger uh, uh, achievements on my end as well. So we, and now we both work at our dream jobs, working remotely or in person in our hometown of Reno, Nevada. So it's been a nice circle of being born and raised there, going to high school, not sure of what we're going to do, and then being married and both working as engineers, even though we had no idea that that would be the case, and in our hometown near family and old friends. I was very lucky to have a mother who kind of brainwashed me in the most positive way. She told me, math is in your blood, Monica. Uh, the Aztecs created the number zero, and that's where your father's indigenous culture is from, and therefore you're fantastic at math. She did get one thing wrong. The Mayans invented the number zero, not the Aztecs, but still, it stuck with me, and it gave me that like powerful feeling of, no, I'm good at this, even though I was struggling with long division when I was seven years old and crying about it because of the first thing that I just didn't get right away. And But with her repeating kind of that mantra to me, I repeated it to myself. And then finally, with enough practice, I got through it. And I think with that experience of I can get through anything with enough practice. Uh, and I, maybe that's where the hard work ethic comes from of like, just keep going and it'll get easier. Sometimes we don't take that as brilliance. We just take that as I just work hard. But with enough practice, you can get to be amazing at anything, like with art and um, creating photorealistic uh, drawings, it takes practice. And so with our engineering, with math and science, with enough practice, we do become brilliant at those technical aspects through that hard work. And sometimes it just takes that little push of, this is in your blood. You're meant to do this. You, you, this is for you. So hopefully that's a message that I get across in the community service work that I do of if I can do this, you can do this. 
you're meant to do this. The thing that I really love to say is that you already have this powerful item in your back pocket that you can pull out and and just repeat to yourself whenever you have a down day. And that is there there is only 7% of engineers who are Latino or Hispanic. And just by being you and entering the workforce, you're creating an enormous positive impact by just being a part of it. So for all the students that are entering the workforce, know that by just being yourself, bringing your perspective, having the background that you do, you are incredibly powerful in in providing that perspective to our engineering or STEM workforce. We need that perspective direly. And with more and more inclusive and equitable uh, solutions coming to the forefront and being incredibly important in our work, it just makes you and your perspective even that much more important and powerful and valuable. That's it for today's episode of Familia Voices. Thank you for joining us to celebrate the achievements of Hispanic professionals in STEM. And don't forget to tune in next week for another inspiring story. Until then, you can always check us out on our website, ship.org, or any of our social media platforms. To become a SHIP member today, go to the website, click join, and enter the code POD22. And remember, you belong here and at every level of the STEM industry. Until next time, take care, Familia.